This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. More drama inside the PC leadership race. Yesterday, we heard from Patrick Brown for the first time since his resignation. He declared his innocence on social media and swore that, quote, the truth will come out. And leadership candidate Doug Ford is the latest person to come out and say that Brown's takedown was a, quote, inside job, meaning that it was orchestrated by someone inside the PC party. Quite the allegation. Have a listen. It's a, it's a dirty sport, a blood sport, but you don't expect your own team to be, be doing this to you. And uh, you expect, and you're, you're going to a war, political war, you know that, for instance, in our case, the Liberals and NDP are opposition. So you know, you know your enemy. Well, is there evidence for this? It certainly matters to Patrick Brown and his family. But does it matter as the progressive conservatives go forward in their leadership contest and the election? Will it affect your vote? Will it affect the way you view that party? I'd like to hear from you. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we are going to Sue Ann Levy, columnist with Post Media, and John Mikitishan, president of Bradgate Research Group and a veteran PC strategist. Welcome to you both. Good afternoon. Nice to be with you. Okay, great. Uh, John, let's start with you. Did this surprise you that Doug Ford came out and kind of stirred the pot on this? Uh, no, and I don't think he stirred the pot. I think uh, there's a lot of questions that uh, remain unanswered, and uh, this whole situation and how it came about is mystifying, and uh, the speed at which it happened. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of talk about the new 24-hour news cycle. The reality is uh, this whole story happened in the course of like a half dozen hours, and publicly in about four hours. So uh, there's a lot of questions for most of us as to what really happened and why. Mm-hmm. Well, this, the speed uh, with which it happened and the speed with which uh, he resigned, I mean, he, he, people inside the party basically forced him to resign. He originally said he wanted to stay on. Right. And uh, I think uh, what he didn't know at the time he was making the statement that he gave that night was that the very people who had helped him write it uh, were in fact resigning via Twitter, having led him to believe they were standing by his side as his employees. So he was certainly uh, stabbed in the back uh, publicly at that point in time. And uh, I think if you look at all, every uh, columnist, every story that was out there, half of the story was Patrick giving a, uh, um, remarks about the allegations, and the other half of the story was his senior staff quitting. Mm-hmm. which only propelled caucus to think that there was more than 
more than the allegations they were being told. And uh, to date, we haven't seen anything else. So, uh, so before we move in, on to Sue and uh, John, do you then think it was an inside job? Absolutely. And do you have any idea what corner it came from? That's unclear, and, and uh, unlike uh, many people, uh, I, I'm not one for making false accusations, but uh, there are people that are digging. Uh, there's certainly a self-interest in people who are saying, move on, nothing to look at here, let's move forward. And usually the people who are saying move forward the most are the ones who don't want you to dig and find out what really happened. Sue Ann, what's your perspective? Well, I think the part two of that, and I agree with John, uh, I think that uh, there, were, uh, there was an agenda there. And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, Patrick really has not had his day in court, he was tried, convicted, and sentenced all in a matter of hours. But the part two is that a number of his uh, people who are around him, <clears throat> excuse me, who he thought were loyal to him, have gone on to the Carolyn Mulroney campaign. And I find that very, very interesting that they were so quick to bail, so quick to jump ship, and, and so quick to attach themselves to another candidate. Um, you know, we could say politics is a blood sport, but this was absolutely, I think, uh, beyond bloody. It was disgraceful, and it was... Uh, you know, beyond anything I've ever seen in politics. Um, let me put this out there, because I, I know for a fact that most major media organizations have given their reporters marching orders since the Me Too thing happened, is go find dirt on politicians, go find dirt on prominent men in public. Um, I have no doubt about that. And uh, we know that the producer behind this story, which ran on CTV, uh, was friends with one of the accusers. So, I mean, could it be a coincidence? There, there are very few coincidences in life. Right. And See, especially what? when you're talking about the kind of people we're talking about, right? So, you know, your average person might bump into somebody, tell a story about somebody, but not when you're talking professionals at the level of the senior people at the CTV. Um, and uh, so, again, there, there can't be, and that, at that level, um, it, it was not happenstance that somebody was, and when you say friend, the question is how close is the relationship between one of the so-called, well, one of the accusers, I would say so-called witnesses, uh, and the, that producer at CTV. Well, I, I think they knew each other for a long time. And the other thing that came out, uh, uh, Andrew Cohn, a journalism professor, uh, wrote about in the Ottawa Citizen is that uh, that accuser told the story at a dinner, um, you know, not so much focusing on the particular uh, the the particular accusations, but she told the story of how she met Patrick Brown. He texted her. He ended up quote hitting on her, uh, and uh, and uh, she ended up getting a job with him. And uh, he said that her demeanor was that she was bemused that that such a quote um, boorish lightweight could go so far. But all of this, uh, Sue Ann, you're in the media, you're in the Progressive Conservative Party. What's your perspective on this? Well, yeah, I'm very troubled by what I've heard. And, um, you know, I'm also troubled. And, you know, I would say the same. It's a combination of and I'm not going to defend the media, because I think 
The problem is that um, there's not the resources to investigate these things. I mean, we're going from day to day to quick hit to quick hit. But I'm very troubled by the fact that very few people, and it may be a, a, a product of the fact that the Olympics have hit as well, and there's just so much in this news cycle right now. But I'm troubled that this has been allowed to, so far, stay under the radar of this relationship, this alleged relationship between these two women. And I have actually got, um, you know, have seen that it could have been more than just friends. So, you know, uh, the, the fact that there was such a uh, close tie is, is so, not such a conflict of interest. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that there's not a story. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, and, and none of this doesn't necessarily mean that she's, that she's not telling the truth. But why, why wasn't this disclosed? But Suzanne, uh, Suanne, I'm sorry, I keep saying, uh, do you have a perspective on whether it was something that would have come from inside the party or just the media trying to get in, get something to do with Me Too? I think it came from, I think it was a combination of factors. I think it came from inside the party, and then, you know, the media ran with it, the, you know, uh, as part of the Me Too movement. And, um, I mean, I'd also heard that uh, there was more to come out later on, and that this was uh, sort of intercepted before it came to you know, involved in the campaigning and that the Liberals were holding on to more earth-shattering stuff, which would have been uh, uh, released a little closer to the election time. So, you know, you've, you're, you're hearing so many different things, but I think it's a product of the two. And the reason I say me too as well is that uh, Bam, he's removed from his post, not off, offered an opportunity to give his side of the story. Um, not given any sort of airplay. We've just moved on to the leadership, and that is very, very troubling to me. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, you know, as an observer, I have to say kind of uh, so far, well, we've, we're seeing one uh, man who's having somewhat of an opportunity to respond, but that's kind of the way everyone has been treated in this. That's my problem with it. I think that women who are assaulted certainly should be able to come forward and, and they're, they're, they should get justice. But I have a problem where any accusation can ruin a man, which seems to be where we're at. Well, that's exactly what I wrote about last week, because, you know, I have had my share of Me Too moments over my career, and uh, starting with a vicious assault at the age of 21. Oh, and, um, you know, and had been sexually harassed um, when I was deep in the closet and not out as a, a gay woman. Um, I had my fair share of being stalked, of uh, losing my job, and I'm not prepared to sort of go back there to where we were. It was a different era. And uh, what I see uh, now is very worrisome because I think, you know, uh, there's a, a, a lot of women out there that I classify as man-haters trying to achieve power in a, a very, very um, troubling way, I think. Uh, okay. Um, John, uh, you know, you were talking about the very, very quick defection of some of Patrick Brown's people to Caroline Mulrooney. And I am reminded, this is like back in the mists of time, but when Brian Mulrooney unseated Joe Clark as leader. Does your memory go back that far? I was there. I watched it all happen. 
Uh-huh. Does it, does it ring any bells for you? Yes, and, and that's where, you know, um, uh, you know I, I think it's clear from what we've seen so far. And, I, you know, and again, I think responsible people, uh, uh, you know, us being three of them, are trying to only talk about or give an opinion on what's out in the public domain. Yeah. When you're when you're trying to pull the cover back, and that's where you know we're looking for proof. We're we're digging, and mm-hmm. and you know I, I think Sue Ann made the, the very valid point that one of the downsides with the constriction of the media industry is the lack of resources to actually do good investigative journalism. Well, because it's 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 also uh, you know a competitive pressure. Everybody wants to be out before the well, next. And, and I'll tell you that I talked to a couple of the um, writers in the journalistic community, and I've been asking them, "Do you have more? Is there more?" Because you know, from the time Patrick got elected leader, people were saying there were rumors. And as I said on TVO, the reality was the biggest rumor about him out there was that he was gay, and not that there was anything wrong with that, but he wasn't. And, and the hardest part was, how do you defend that by saying, well, actually, he's a ladies' man? Because that's not a story that was politically uh, salient. That's not something that would have been endearing to people. So in the world of the privacy of an individual, even a political leader, uh, saying, you know, the, the defense of that was part of the problem, was keeping his private life private. And, and I, But I'm absolutely convinced that... Um, People in the party, uh, working with uh, the media, and I'm going to suggest potentially with liberals as well, worked, you know, working with liberals. Wow, that's bring down Patrick. Wow, that's um, that's quite the accusation. Sue Ann, do you think, though, I mean, the other thing that struck me was that in this climate, I don't think it would have been possible for him to be in the middle of an election campaign and and deal with this. Um, Am I wrong about that? No, you're absolutely right. Um, I think he had no choice but to resign because, you know, the the troubling thing is that his career is ruined and uh, that everybody played, as I said, judge, jury, and they sentenced him all in one night. And, no, he he couldn't have continued on. I mean, at the very worst, I think Patrick Patrick Brown showed some very bad judgment, uh, you know, consorting or having um, alleged uh, relationships or uh, attempts with younger women, much younger women. Um, He was the ambitious kind of guy. you got to watch what you're doing because it could come back to haunt you. Having said that, again, it was a different time. It was a different time. Things have really changed. In 10 years, you think? I'm sorry? That was 10 years ago, you think? Things have really changed? I I can give you an example of of the change in the culture. The reality is now that for a significant portion, and I don't know, I don't have a number on it, but for young people, that they meet and they have sex. And that, that it's, not even a, it's not even a date. It's just they literally hook up. And if you go back to the first accu- uh, person who accused Patrick, we're talking 10 years ago. So back 10 years ago, where did people go to meet people for oh. casual uh, encounters? Mm-hmm. And the place was uh, bars, licensed establishments where you, were 19, you had to be 19 to walk in the door. Today... There could be legislatures sitting in the House of Commons or in the Ontario Queen's Park uh, with their cell phones, uh, swiping left, swiping right, uh, creating a hookup for after work. 
So well, they, they, that they'd be very foolish ago. to do that. <laughs> well, Absolutely. you know, yeah, I think the a culture has changed in terms of the power imbalance, and uh, and and I say that because my own experience with being assaulted in 2004 and the fight I had against the legal system and the police to get my day in court. I was sexually assaulted. They didn't want to take it to court. I think things are very different now. Um, and mine was enough. People are battle. trying to make it different. Well, yeah. you know, but the problem is the pendulum is swinging too far to the other way. That's the big problem now. And hopefully it'll correct itself at some point. But, you know, I'm not seeing things I really like right now uh, from some of my fellow females. Okay, um, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Pat in Georgetown. Hello, Pat. Hi. <laughs> Excuse me, I was so involved in listening to, the, to what was going on, and I agree with most of what they are saying. I do not think that the problem that the, uh, uh, the PCs are having right now, insofar as Patrick Bowne is concerned, and I really do think that, that his party really rolled him over, uh, and probably some of the liberals were in there with it. Politics is politics. It's been dirty since day one. I wouldn't want to be any of those people looking back over my shoulder what they did 10 or 20 years ago, because as the young lady said, times have changed. And sex is just its just one of the things that's just out there, you know. It doesn't mean anything. Let's do it. I do think that the PCs, whoever gets in, and I'm not sure, I like, um, I like the Fords mainly because they tell it as it is, and I kind of like that. Uh, the others are used to being in politics, and Caroline uh, Mulroney perhaps has not run, but she has been around big politics all her life. So she knows her way around politics. And I do not think that it's going to have any big problem against the Liberals. I think Ontarians are so fed up with the problems that the Liberals have, have done to us, with the cost that they have put into our energy, with the way that we have lost jobs. I think that it's time for Kathleen Wynne and for the Dalton McGinty gang to get the heck out of government and to let somebody in there who will once again make Ontario the way that it was. Okay. And uh, not a have-not province, which is what it has become. Okay, Pat, thank you for that. Let's go to Dave in Brampton. Hi, Dave. Hi. My, I have one question. How did Lisa McLeod know ahead of everybody else? Uh, I, I'll let the callers answer, but it's, it's uh, you know, she heard things. A lot of people heard things. I mean, I remember hearing uh, just that that he dated a lot of women. I remember thinking, oh, you know, you can get into trouble doing that. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with dating a lot of women when you're single. So um, uh, it, the, it's, it's a big question of exactly what she, what she did know. Um, yeah, well, I heard she knew it months in advance. Uh, John? Well, I mean, I think Lisa knew what we all knew, was that there was rumors out there about Patrick. And I can tell you that I, I've been in the bars with Patrick. I've stayed in his home as a guest. I've been with him after uh, fundraising functions. And um, Patrick, in his own way, was a, was a, a rock star, uh, where women wanted to be with him. They were attracted to him, uh, whether they, and, and I mean, that started when he was a counselor. So the fact that he never found a lady to settle down with, I mean, what, what, what is someone supposed to do? If they decide they want to enter political life, that's it. It has to be, they have to pick a person for, for public appearances. 
Um, he's never done that. He's he. I think he's been authentic, and that if it, I mean, he's had a few long-term girlfriends. You know, he's not twenty. He he is thirty-nine. So over the you know the last twenty years, he's had I think three or four long-term girlfriends for various lengths, uh, and I, none of them went to the next step. I I don't I don't think that. Um uh, that 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 should be the issue, and I I am reminded of the current prime minister's father. Uh, how old was he when he married uh, Maggie Sinclair? Who was was she twenty one or twenty two? Yeah, and Barbara Streisand. Uh, you know, before Patrick ran, or while he was running for leader, Libby, I actually was sent pictures of him with these gorgeous blondes on his arm, one on each side, and That's you a know, photo. I I knew that he was a womanizer. So what? I mean, actually, I thought, too, I had heard rumors about him being gay, too. And All of the above, exactly. Yeah. So, listen, it's his life. But, uh, you know, the, the thing that crossed the line was that they were perhaps a young, a little younger than they should have been, and that the young lady, the other young lady, worked for him. So that was the concern. She may have worked for him after this happened. Well, I think she was volunteering, was she not? She was involved with his campaign in well, some way. Yeah, I'm, so, I, I, I'm a little unclear, but certainly she continued well, I, I, to work I think as the story goes, that uh, at the time the allegation was made, she was working for him that first summer. And then she went back to school for eight months, and then she came back to work with him the following summer. Yeah. Which is, it and, and doesn't it, add up. Like, why, why would you go back? But, I mean, we've had discussions back and forth. I have with other females. And you think, oh, you just want to normalize it and get on with your life. However, having done that, I, I'm very surprised that she would come out with these allegations. You go back to work. Uh, you go on with your life. Uh, assuming it's like signing a check. And, well, and, being, and, and this is where when you want to talk about a, a takedown, it was these ladies did not come out on their own. Right, they were. They have been talked to repeatedly by different investigators from various media outlets over the last half dozen years. It wasn't the first time somebody knocked on their door. They said, "I've been dying to talk to somebody." Oh. The, the, these only came out after repeated media attempts to get them to come forward and go on the record. And let's be clear: go on the record when the story broke was under the cover of darkness, without their names or their faces being revealed. Yeah, well, their names already have been revered, or one of them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but it's all like, that's, that's to me, the other uh, big part of the problem, and, and probably part of the rush to judgment and, and part of why uh, traditional media gets into this so fast is that everything is all out there on social media where you can say anything. Well, you have to wonder now that, you know, what did CTV hide their appearance in their names when they broke the story? because they had a vested interest in people not being able to say, hey, isn't that the person who's a friend or maybe involved with one of the CTV producers? That story could have been in the same news cycle. To protect themselves, yes. I thought that as well. They had a vested interest. Well, yeah. or or I mean, we don't we don't really know. But uh, anyway, I mean, as I said, you know, in the normal course of things, that wouldn't say that the story uh, wasn't true, but that should have been disclosed. The story was, it's not to say that there weren't facts to the story. Exactly. However, the identities should have been disclosed, at least the one woman, and you don't, you know, if you're making these accusations that bring someone's career down, God, stand behind it.
Uh, I certainly would, as well, somebody, if I were a victim, uh, I would certainly come forward and, and put my name forward. Um, I, I think that was actually reprehensible. Well, I, well, I, then, and then I agree with that. Question. I was just going to say, and then what you have is, so the, the management at CTV, they either didn't know the closeness of the relationship between the, the CTV employee and the uh, woman making the allegations, or they made a decision to go ahead and keep her identity hidden, and they made a decision not to reveal the relationship. E- either way, uh, that raises more questions than should be involved in any of the situation. It, it, there's no propriety here at all. Okay, let's uh, let's hear from Tony and Lindsay. Hello, Tony. Hi. Uh, yeah, quickly. You know, I don't know what, how old some of you are, but I remember Pierre Elliott Trudeau. He just oozed in sexuality and, and uh, uh, flirtation with any girl that you know when the miniskirts were up in the '60s, and, uh, and you can see it. And then I certain incidents that uh, at a Great Cup that. Uh, uh, happen. Uh, it was never, uh, it was never put on the media because now media has become more like the Inquirer. You know, as soon as they find something, they're going to jump on it. Otherwise, some other cheaper station is going to get it. And it's more sensationalized now. Where years ago it wasn't as as it is uh, now. And another thing too, all these people being accused of sexual whatever misconduct they call. I don't know what the heck they've done. Are getting fired? But yet they haven't been proven guilty yet. <laughs> well, like, exactly. What kind of the law is is that like they haven't been proven guilty? Why are they getting fired? They're already judging the guy. Their employers are already becoming a judge, a jury, you know, an executioner. So, like, what, what kind of a garbage is this? So, like, why are we doing this? Maybe they should, you know, say, well, fine, you know, uh, can you explain that part of me? I don't understand why they find people because they're getting accused. Well, that is, uh, that's, that's part of the uh, climate we have now. Tony, thanks for your call. Uh, we are uh, running out of time on this segment. Uh, John, where do you think this leaves us in terms of, uh, is, is the party going to investigate this? Is this just going to be something hanging out there? Uh, sadly, political parties believe they have a vested interest in uh, shoving things under the carpet or hiding them behind closed doors. And I, I, I'm actually hoping that this is an opportunity uh, for people in the party to speak up and say, no, enough of that. Uh, we want to know what's going on. We want to know the facts. There should be a proper investigation. And, uh, but I'm not, I, I'm not a, but I'm an optimist. Sue Ann? I'm a cynic. I think they're going to focus on marching to victory, and they, their attention has already been diverted to the leadership race, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to have to come from Patrick and the loyalists around him, I don't think, and, and other media who may want to look into it. And um, uh, finally, Sue, Sue Ann, do you see that this that there might have been some kind of, uh, you know, uh, plot or planning to move to Carolyn on the part of his staff? Does that, is that credible yes. to you? Yes. Simple answer, yes, I do. Okay. Well, thank you both. This is uh, fascinating, and I'm sure that we will talk uh, many times again during the course yes. of this campaign. It's um, our own house of cards, Libby. Yeah, well, and the, the other uh, interesting uh, fact there, Caroline Mulrooney has already had a couple of big events. Um, I have seen uh, tons of editorials 
uh, people saying what what that party needs now is Caroline Mulroney, and uh, she hasn't done very much in the way of interviews and has not done well in what she's done. I'm not uh, impressed at all so far. I don't think she understands the issues. Um, she talks in bumper stickers. This is what I was tweeting this morning. Um, very, very full of platitudes. Nothing much to it. And, and John, your take on that right before we go? Yeah, I, I, you know, when she was announced as a, a candidate for the party, I thought it was great. I think everybody understood that there was somebody for after Patrick, uh, never dreaming that it would be this fast. And I think one of the problems for her is that she hasn't had the time to develop the chops to be able to answer those questions and deal with the media and deal with the pressures, which means she has to rely more heavily than the other candidates on the backroom advisors. And then you go back, well, who are they around her, and wouldn't they be the people that betrayed Patrick? So doesn't that say something, A, both about her judgment and how much is she actually in control? Okay, all interesting questions, which we will be pursuing over the coming weeks. Thank you so much, Sue Ann Levy, columnist with Post Media, and John Mikatishan, president of Bradgate Research Group. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about something that uh, most of us have to do, and that is spreading salt on the driveway, on the sidewalk. How corrosive is it? And there's all kinds of talk about alternatives to salt. Uh, Is it wrecking your driveway? Is it wrecking your car. Uh, Certainly, it is playing havoc on city budgets. So we're going to be talking about that when we come back. I'm going to give the numbers out again in case you want to call in and tell me about your thing with salt. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.